Thank you for listening to Remake Rewind, the podcast where your side of remakes or reboots should have happened. I'm Mike, as always, and with me, I've got my my co-host, Mr. Alex Belici. How are you doing, Alex? I'm all right. Remake Rewind, after dark. After dark. What does that mean? It means we're drinking. Yeah, we are. We, yeah, yeah, might as well. We <laughs> we both instinctively went to take a drink, and I know that because <laughs> we're, we're speaking through FaceTime. We're FaceTiming. Yeah. What, what are you drinking today, bud? Uh, I'm drinking bullet bourbon. Oh, I love bullet bourbon. I've heard I, I, I've heard awful, awful stories about both bullet and Jameson, which are my go to bourbons. And whiskeys. I love bullet. I got a I do I too. really and like I, whiskey in, until God, I want to say like three or four years ago. Like I hated it. And then just one day I was playing D&D with some friends and one of my friends gave me some whiskey and it just kind of clicked like my palate changed. Yeah. And now good, I, I like to have it, you know, every couple of weeks I'll have a, you know, a whiskey every and couple a bullet. weeks. Look at you drinking. Yeah, in I, I don't drink bullet. I'll, I'm I'm more of a beer guy, so yeah. you know I'll, I'll get a you know a couple beers every week. But uh, every once in a while, yeah, it's at least once a month. I, I feel the need to get some need some whiskey. Speed. I I got don't into like gin. beer that much. I'll I'll drink Pacifico. Yeah, I love beer. Yeah, I can't really hang with it. I mean, I don't. It, I mean, the only thing that's tricky with beer is you get full. But I I'm saying like, a good beer. Mm. When I'm when I I guess when I'm drinking, I like to get a little tipsy. Um, oh my god! I sound like an alcoholic. Uh, See, I and, don't. I don't and, drink light beers though. Like I don't, I don't drink either, Coors but... Lights or anything. Like I'm drinking. Well, hold on, like, hold on, Russian hold on. Stuff. Sure, yeah, sure. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard terrible things about the history of Bullet and uh, Jameson. So if anyone wants, to... oh, you mean the company? God, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone wants to DM me some ethically, uh, ethic, ethic, ethic friendly, <laughs> I'm stuttering. Whiskey people, then feel free. Oh, that's a good good call, yeah, because, you know, those are obviously based in, like, Kentucky and Tennessee, which aren't the most tolerant places. Yeah, I, we don't have to get into that. I think anybody but, who knows uh, what I'm talking about knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not, you can Google it. <laughs> well, I've been getting into gin lately, so I'm actually drinking a Tom Collins right now. Nice. And uh, it's one of the few times that uh, advertising's worked for me, and that's uh, Aviation Gin by Ryan Reynolds. I love his uh, ads. We're a movie podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I need I need a celebrity I need a movie star based whiskey. Hmm. Like if Robert I mean, De Niro has a whiskey. Mi- Mila Kunis, I think doesn't she do Jameson? Mila Kunis. I don't know. Are you saying Kunis? Like she's a uh, uh, of Latina descent. Mila Kunis. What? How do you pronounce it? Mila Kunis. Kunis. No. Whatever it is. Kunis she's sounds. Great. Kunis sounds very sexual to me right now. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Welcome to the podcast for this your first episode. It's not normally like this. Uh, <laughs> it's also like not dark. And this isn't even the latest we've recorded a podcast. Dude, yeah, it's so fucking sunny outside. Like, I'm honestly bummed out about it. It's 718. I want to be like winding down right now. And right? It, it's sunny enough that I could go out and play like half a game of soccer. You know? Yeah, easily. Yeah. It's yeah. too sunny. Yeah. Anyway, why don't you tell our listeners what we're going to be uh, covering today? Today we're talking about Disney's Pete's Dragon. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to talk about this one. Like we, I am too. Almost every week that you and I have been doing this podcast together, which is you know it's been like four months now or so. We uh, every week we're like, hey, maybe we should do Pete's Dragon next, and we've just kind of eh. <clears throat> And then, because we've been doing the Man Crush Monday with Carl Urban <laughs> every Monday, because uh, he's we, the best, because he's awesome. 
I didn't realize he was in this movie. And then I was looking up something on IMDb and I was like, holy shit, he's I in this movie. We're doing it. I didn't realize that it was direct. The new one was directed by David Lowry, who did A Ghost Story, which is one of my favorite movies from the past couple of oh, years. Nice. Um, and he also did uh, Old Man and the Gun with Robert Redford, or with who Robert I was Redford. totally surprised to see is in this fucking movie. Yeah. He's like the, the pseudo narrator of the film. Yeah. It was awesome. So we, <laughs> when we decided to do this, we both thought these movies were going to be garbage and there wasn't going to be a ton to talk about. So we planned on doing this episode almost like a joke episode where we were just going to take every plot point and try to twist it to be some weird fact about Carl Urban. <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> until just now. <laughs> I So during the first couple, for the first movie in the... I wanted to do that. I was taking notes, but then I just got sucked in. And then the second movie, I Into did the it a little bit. Into the 1977 one? Yeah. Okay. And then the the newer movie, I, I started to do it. But same thing. I got sucked in to these movies. And I've got so much I want to talk about with these two movies. It's insane. I have a lot I want to talk about, too. Let me. I'm surprised that you seem to be heaping praise upon the first one because. Oh no no no! There's no praise. Okay. I just have a lot to talk about. I got sucked into it because it's a fucking train wreck. I felt the. I, listen, I was so fucking mad at you for picking these movies <laughs> while we were watching the first one. The first one is. I felt the the entire spectrum of human emotions watching these. Well, what's funny is I texted you like three days before you watched it when I was watching the first one. And I'm like, holy shit, this one's over two hours long. You also said it's a musical, which I didn't remember. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then it was like 20 minutes later. I'm like, holy shit, this is a musical as well. <laughs> and it's it's a fucked up movie. It is such a fucked up movie. It's so we fucking weird. Are we talking about the human trafficking? Yeah, dude. And the <sighs> child abuse. Like... I, why, why don't you summarize this one really quick, Fuck, and then man. we'll just get into it, dude. Do you want to summarize this one, or should I? Jesus Christ, I'd be lo- I would happily do this for you. Yeah, please do this one. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ, I don't even know where to fucking start. Uh, <laughs> you only have sixty so, seconds. That's an elevator pitch. All right, so you're in the elevator with Harvey basically Weinstein. Basically, in a nutshell, I mean, somebody else. Uh, Pete gets uh, sold. He's an orphan. He gets sold to these like really dirty, just garbage swamp people hold on and they keep i'm gonna interrupt you already is that when that happens yeah that's like the beginning of the movie that he gets like he he got he ran he run he just got adopted quote unquote adopted from these like swamp people finish finish your synopsis let's come back to this right so he gets sold essentially that he really got adopted but these swamp people keep saying that they bought him uh so he runs away and they're looking for him in the swamp and Pete's dragon named Elliot just keeps kind of like fucking with them, but he's invisible and so they can't see him. And then he eventually like runs away to this town that which nobody can pronounce. It's like Passamaquoddy or something like that. That's exactly it. You just pronounced it. It's Did I get hard. it right? Yeah. Shit. Uh, and he <laughs> kind of causes Shit. a lot of havoc his first day in town because... Elliot the dragon just keeps fucking shit up. Eventually, he makes nice with uh, this woman who we think is a widow, and she kind of like becomes a surrogate mother for him. And then this like weird snake oil salesman named Doctor I can't even remember his name. It's Doctor Terminus uh, comes and he figures out that there's a dragon. He wants to basically chop up Elliot the dragon so he can make men's penises harder. Yeah. Oh, is that the end of your? That's the end of my my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Man, this was a this was something else, huh? Yeah, dude, it's I, a fucked up movie. It's so fucked up. I, I don't was, understand how this got made. Okay, first of all, I was watching this, and the entire time I was thinking I could have just been watching Hamilton if I was watching a fucking musical. <laughs> um, I don't remember him being sold in the beginning or being bought. So he, what he, I remember, you're, you're, you're what told I rem- afterwards. That's, That's what, what I'm happened. saying. In the beginning of the movie, he's just to me what I what I saw is that he's just a boy that lives in the forest. No, he ran away. They do, he doesn't live in the forest. He ran away. But are we told that in the first twenty minutes? Of yeah, the movie? you're told that in like the opening song. Oh, okay, well, that maybe the, I wasn't, the garbage maybe I wasn't swamp people. Songs. Yeah, so the garbage swamp people are like, we got the slave boy. The he's our slave boy. Yeah, like the little hillbillies. They're like, yeah, we got. We bought this kid for $50 plus 50 cent legal fees. Okay, well, you can see how early I checked out then. So, yeah, they bought him. and Two like, the fucking hours, they, dude. Yeah, two hours and three minutes of this. And originally, this the, the dragon was supposed to be invisible the entire movie. And then <laughs> Mary Poppins blew up. Hmm. Like, Mary Poppins was a worldwide sensation. So, they, they were like, oh, maybe we should make this, like, pseudo-animated so it can be like Mary Poppins. And then this movie didn't do well. It oh, opened it up against Star Wars. Big surprise. Well, yeah, it, I saw that. 1977. I was like, oh. Yeah. So it opened up right around the time Star Wars did. So this movie That's had funny. a budget of $10 million and it only made $18 million. Yeah. Now, back then, they weren't doing crazy advertising. So it still was a profitable movie, but they yeah. expected it to be a Mary Poppins. Yeah. And it wasn't. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I... I, I can't speak to how much they spent on print and advertising at that time, but that sounds like just about breaking even to me. I mean, that would be breaking even today. Yeah. Like, no, it wasn't until like the 90s, 2000s where they started spending about as much as they spent on the movie on advertising. Well, for a movie that only costs $10 million, I mean, it depends on who puts it out, but if Blumhouse puts it out, then there's going to be more spent on print and advertising. Right. There'll be like right. $50 million, so they need to turn a profit of you know 60 or 70 But You're right. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what the what the um, PNA is for that movie for Pete's. Right. <laughs> so, um, um, to kind of answer your questions about whether or not they said that they were they purchased him, they sing a whole song talking about how they bought him, how they told the other people they were going to love him, but what they actually want to do is uh, string him up and have sting him with bees and beat him with a bat. These are people those... sing about beating him with a bat, tying him to a tree, and letting bees sting him. Isn't that a That's song? That's a Disney movie. Isn't that a song from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas about Santa Claus? It, Which, maybe. By the way, another fucking Disney movie. We've got to investigate these Disney guys because I feel Dude, like they've weird. got some ulterior motives. Well, and then what's crazy is the director of this, uh, the guy who did the animation was Don Bluth, who this was like his last <laughs> movie with Disney. What's his last he name? He left Don Bluth. Yeah. The Bluth boy. So he, yeah, he left this mo- Disney after this and they went and did like, Fievel goes west. All mm. dogs go to heaven. Anastasia. Cool. So he went and started his whole own animation thing on this, and they kept adding more and more animation for him to do throughout this movie, and kept telling him he couldn't go over his initial budget. And so he ended up doing all the animation for like one point five million dollars, and he went over budget by like eighty thousand dollars. And Disney was like, "You little shit!" And he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like they apparently did six weeks worth of overtime. And so they refused to pay them. So what they set, ended up doing was all the animators got one day of uh, paid time off for every 
day that they had for like overtime. So they all had like six weeks worth of overtime. They were putting in like a hundred hours a week to make this movie, the animators. This sounds like classic freelance work. Yeah, dude. What was insane is like the animation, obviously it's hand-drawn animation, but there are parts where it looks really good. Like when I was gonna, the dragon's hiding behind stuff, it looks good. I was gonna say let, stuff. It's cool. I was gonna say let's let's dunk on this movie in a minute, but maybe we should do like a a compliment sandwich. I think the the animation and the gimmick, the thing that it's trying to do that they have a, an animated dragon in a live action movie is actually really well done. I was yeah, really I think it. so too. Yeah, like the part where I was most impressed was as he was like destroying the town, and Elliot and Pete go and like hide behind some like garbage. There's like a pallet hanging out. And Pete or Elliot, the dragon is hiding behind the pallet and you, he's moving around and you see between the slats in the pallet, you see the dragon. I'm like, how did they even animate that? That's yeah. insane. Um, so, yeah, it, I was really impressed with that. This was also we watched it on Disney Plus and it was a really good transfer of the movie. Like it was crisp. It's crisp. The audio was good. It. I don't I know. Mean, that, it was. I don't know. The that production values were good. Yeah, I don't know that I'm not praising the cinematography here. I'm just saying that it was a good transfer. It looked as good as you would expect it to in the theater in 1977. You know? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of nice. I appreciate um, I appreciate a good print or a good transfer of an old movie. Um, how much did the Beverly Hillbillies in this movie remind you of the Trappers in Cannibal the Musical? Which I've is, never seen Cannibal the Musical. Oh, dude, that is a superior movie. You should watch that. <laughs> We should talk about that in Orgasmo on another episode. Orgasmo. <laughs> Which, uh, um, what of the South Park movies have you seen? Or the, the Trey Parker, Matt Stone? Uh, so I've seen, I've seen, obviously seen the, the South Park film. I saw sure. Basketball. I saw Orgasmo, God, when I was in high school, but I don't remember it at all. Yeah. And what else have they done? I, I want to see the, the Book of Mormon. I never saw the Cannibal Musical. I haven't seen Book I never of Mormon saw, either. I haven't seen Book of Mormon. I think that might be Have it. Have they done anything else? Yeah. No, I think that I, was it. Yeah. Basketball is uh, is kind it's, of a favorite it's of weird. Mine. It's been a minute, but I really like that movie. Why are we talking about South Park? I don't know. Let's Getting back to this dragon. one. Yo, uh, I, hate the, I hate the way that uh, Elliot talks. Yeah, I, I wrote... Yeah, I didn't like that. Uh, the other thing I... <laughs> so my first note was, after describing the garbage people, I write this in Elliot and <laughs> Elliot and Peter are eating apples and you see like Pete is just like throwing apples and yeah. like just kind of had to make he the gives them all work. of his food yeah he he gives all the apples to to Elliot um but then he's the kid starts singing and I was like this kid sucks <laughs> that's one of my notes in bold this kid he's sucks. so annoying man and he only did like he only did like one or two other things after this like of he course. retired like a year or so after hey good for um, him man make his money and get he, out yeah, there's, there's some childhood actor that I just saw in the news recently whose life is fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, Hollywood is not good to child actors. Mm-mm. Macaulay Culkin's one of the lucky ones. And look at him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was not doing very well for a long no. time. Like he's finally figuring out how to be healthy. Like, yeah. His whole like, I'm glad I mean this in the best possible way. His whole brand now is like, yeah, I was fucked up, you know, Yeah. and, <laughs> and, and I survived. Didn't he change his name to Macaulay? Isn't his name now legally Macaulay, Macaulay, Culkin, Culkin? I haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah, so he did a thing. So he has like a like a charitable foundation that's called like Rabbit Ears or something. It's something Long Ears 
something with ears in the title. And to like raise awareness, he said, like, let the internet vote on what his new legal middle name will be. I don't know if he actually did it, but I think the one that won was Macaulay Culkin was the middle name. So it's so Macaulay, 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 Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. <laughs> Culkin. Yeah. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I, I just, this is totally apropos of nothing, but I have this in my notes. One of the lines of dialogue is, I don't know whether you're good for me or bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fucked up because what ends up happening is they, <laughs> they make their way into this town and he tells Elliot that he has to be invisible. He's like, hey, be invisible. We don't want to draw attention to the fact that you exist. And so he's walking around town and Elliot steps in concrete. He breaks down a fence. Uh, he like runs into a guy that's carrying a bunch of eggs. And then everyone starts yelling at Pete and Pete's like, hey, it wasn't me. It was my dragon. It's like, why did Pete- you make him fuck? Why did you make him fucking invisible if you're just going to tell everybody about him? Like literally every person he meets, he's like, I've got a fucking dragon. It's dope. And he's a pain in the ass, but he's dope. This kid conveniently, every time Elliot does something wrong, Pete puts himself into the position where it looks like that he's done it. He did so, it. So like, he's got the fucking, uh, the teacher that, um, you know, this old, whatever, so-and-so, this old battle axe. And, um, <laughs> battle axe. <laughs> Elliot pulls the chair out from behind her. So she falls when she sits down and Pete is like, Elliot, don't do that. And he grabs the chair and she looks back and she's like, Hey, you took the chair out from under me. And he's well, like, I didn't do yeah. it. And that keeps on happening to him. Like he keeps he, on putting well, himself Elliot in position. Elliot does it a bunch with the teacher. So like when we first, by meet the, the way, how do the kids not see that shit? There's 20 other fucking kids in that room right. because they have a reasonable so, class size. They <laughs> so like Elliot does a lot of shit like that. So after they're kind of hiding, after Elliot fucks up a bunch of shit, that's when he's like crying. He's like, "I don't know if you're good for me or bad for me, but like you keep no, I don't know if you're good up. for me or bad for me." <laughs> <laughs> but then Mickey Rooney shows up and is like yeah. drunk as a skunk, yeah, and he's he just like, "That's a fucking dragon," and then like runs into the bar. <laughs> And like starts telling everyone like I'm fucking drunk, but there's a wha- there's a dragon out there. He's the reverend character from uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> dragon. So, so basically, oh, what ends up happening? It's the monorail ahead. episode from uh, The Simpsons. We get like 40 minutes of like fun and games with Pete with uh, Elliot and Pete. And then it becomes the fucking monorail episode. Lionel Hutz is, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's not Lionel Hutz. It's whoever, whatever. No, I know what you is. mean. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Man. But no, it is very similar to that. So basically, what ends up happening is, and it's a musical. They go and, yeah, they go and find a cave to go hide out in. And the, this woman named Grace ends up finding him and takes him in. And he, Pete tells the dragon to stay down there until they get like acclimated. And this woman's really nice and is like, oh, yeah, the dragon's totally cool. But, yeah, keep him in the cave for now. Like, well, she's kind of humoring she think, him. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't think the dragon actually exists. No, not not initially. So she just kind of humors him. Clear. And then, like, tells this child who she's never met before that she's a widow. She's like, I'm a widow. My husband, like, went off to sea and never came back. Like, a- immediately upon meeting him, tells him this, like, super sad story about I her feel, life. I, I, Okay, I actually feel like you're overblowing that a little bit. That didn't seem that weird to me. <laughs> well, no, the reason I thought it was weird is because it was such a one-off thing. Like, they say it, and then it doesn't come up until the very end of the movie. Right. Well, it, I mean, they jettisoned that for the remake with good reason, because it's there right. to play on your heartstrings. I so, will say, the part that was really weird to, to, uh, to me about that was that her husband is Burt Reynolds. 
Was it Burt Reynolds? No, but it looks like him. Oh, I was like, I didn't <laughs> think that was Burt. It's Burt no Reynolds as a sailor. No, what's weird uh, is that he's twice her fucking age. Like, yeah, she's, dude. A, she's a fucking lily-cheeked 19-year-old whatever, and this guy is like 50 and a, and a sailor. Right. So it, the reason it bothered me is like it's a one-off line. I kind of forgot that it happened. And then at the end of the movie, Pete is like, uh, I'll prove to you that the dragon is real. And also, Pete said he knows that your husband's still alive kind of thing. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? She has a husband? Oh, yeah. This thing that happened two it's, hours ago. You know what it is? Um, it's it's stuff that Disney and Pixar have gotten really good at in the ensuing 40 years. It's setting, right. it's setting up this thing that doesn't really matter, but it's going to pay off at the end of the movie. And it's going to tug on your heartstrings. Right. And I feel like this is kind of a, you know, coming at it from like a screenwriting perspective. That is like a proto version, an early version right. of what they've gotten really fucking good at recently in the last 20 years, you know? Right. Because, yeah, it wasn't done it's, well. It's in emotional. This movie. Yeah, it's like emotional manipulation. I agree. And so what ends up And it's okay. Like, we, we accept is, it in Pixar movies, but like, this is just an early version of it where you see right. the themes. So essentially, what ends up happening is. She kind of adopts him, gets him close, sends him to school. You kind of brought up that scene where he, Pete's dragon, Elliot, just keeps fucking shit up and Pete gets blamed. And this is the next scene that I was like, this is really fucked up. Like the teacher gets off on giving discipline to Pete. I realized when we were watching the teacher stuff, because the teacher is like super over the top. And, then, you know, it's right. a musical, whatever. I'm not, I'm not faulting it for being over the top. But when she came on, I realized that this is a movie – and I've done no research to back this up. But this <laughs> this feels like a movie that was like written by hippies to be like a screed against capitalism and organized government. Yeah, maybe. But what was kind the, of fucked up about this was what what kind of – it just made me uncomfortable is she keeps talking about like if you keep this up, you're going to get the knuckle crackers whew, and yeah. everything. And then, capital so, punishment. Love it. Yeah. Well, not capital. That's uh, corporal punishment. Oh, that's what I said. so she like he misbehaves again and so she like starts just wailing on his hands with like i don't i didn't even see what it was it wasn't a ruler yeah they didn't really show it yeah she she gives him six and then she adds three more for uh for having an imagination and you hear like like elliot is kind of like growling low-key in the background he's like it's okay elliot it doesn't hurt that bad and she's like who are you talking to that's three more whack 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 and he's just like crying she, uncontrollably she, like, emphasizes the last one too yeah so she's crying and then like elliot d- gets pissed and like shakes the building so she's like oh now you're gonna get the butt buster and then she like bends him over and gets like yardstick and just starts wailing on his ass it's fucking dark as shit i don't even remember that <laughs> yeah she beats him first on the Jesus. hands and then she beats, like, literally whoops his ass with, like, a yardstick, like, bends him over and starts spanking him with a yardstick. It's fucked up. And then shortly after, and we're not even talking about Dr. Terminus or Professor Terminus or whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> then the, the, <laughs> the Beverly Hillbillies show up again, and they're like, this is our kid. We've got a bill of sale. Not They're holding up the adoption papers, but they yeah. don't call it adoption papers. Like, no, we've call got it a bill, bill of sale. sale. It's slavery. Yeah, and then they keep talking about how they could beat him and they could punish him and they're gonna they're gonna use him for manual labor until the day he dies, which it's like it's Ooh. an adoption. Once he's eighteen, 
or yeah. whatever legal yeah. adult was they, back they then. They really emphasized that they could that they were in charge of him until he dies as an adult. Yeah. And I was like, nah, just fucking run away. I'll probably beat a couple of your asses too. Yeah, it's mm, I, mm. I had the I, I had the idea to do this whole episode in the uh, in the dragon voice. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get that. Well, no, what's weird about this dragon and it's drastically different than the dragon in the new one. But this dragon seems sentient to an extent. Like it understands what people are saying. Well, the new one does too. But the new one is almost more like he's a dog. Like sure, a smart but, dog, but he understands. This one, he understands words very clearly. Yeah, he understands. If not the words necessarily, he understands a uh, uh, Pete. But this right. one, like the when when uh, I can't even remember the character's name. I think it was Lompy or Lampy, uh, <laughs> uh, Mickey Rooney's character. Okay. He gets drunk again and goes to the bar and starts He's trying to tell Doctor Ter- yeah Doctor Terminus and his like goon about the dragon. So the goon gets drunk with with. Uh, Mickey Rooney and they end up going to the cave and Mickey Rooney's talking about how scary the dragon is starts talking about big red eyes sharp teeth it's hideous and angry and almost ripped his face off or something like that and then Elliot hears all this and Elliot starts getting scared and starts following them and trying to be all buddy buddy with them because he's scared it's and like it's a Scooby-Doo gag it was like a Scooby-Doo da- gag yeah. and it's weird, like he clearly understands things and then at the end of the movie uh, and we're skipping around quite a bit, but at the end of the movie, once uh, Pete gets adopted by Grace and her older absentee sailor husband and Lampy, I guess, uh, Reynolds, <laughs> they end up Pete's dragon, or I keep wanting to call the dragon Pete, and so I end up saying Pete's know, dragon to kind of correct it. I do uh, too. That's funny. Uh, Elliot is kind of like in his little clicks like like r2d2 it's like yeah it's like reptilian r2d2 it's like hey bud you don't need me anymore i'm gonna go find some other kid to take care of for a little bit so it's like clearly this is a magic entity like Mm -hmm. a fairly like a fairy uh fairy odd parent who takes care of of children who who have absentee parents or have trauma or whatever so it's like this kid, this this one has like a supernatural, sentient, semi-intelligent dragon, and that's you know. Let's just touch on that for a second. That's sort of in this steaming shit pile of this movie. No, that's unfair. This is a children's movie, and it's just a it's a children's movie that. Would only you let appeals. children watch this if you had children? I mean, in this, I guess in the seventies, it you know things were different or whatever. I don't know if I would let I'm my kids to, watch this. Yeah, I, I guess I'm if trying I to be. Not, I'm trying not to shit on the movie. Right. My point here is the nicest part about this movie is that um, is this idea that there's this magical entity, this dragon that appears to help children get through a traumatic event. Yeah, I, I did of, enjoy that. That's I a nice that idea. And endearing. I think that's cool. And I think they changed that. That's not what's happening in the new movie. And we'll get we'll get to that. But I think it's equally as good and interesting. I, um, I so agree. that's the thing I appreciate about this movie. Yeah, I, I did like this sweet endearing aspect of that that there is some sort of entity watching out for children yeah it's so just too I, bad I that entity like that. is fucking stupid and annoying the the only other thing i thought judge our really dude yeah d- uh going to dr terminus or professor terminus whatever his name was Capitalism. he has this long bit that goes throughout the whole movie where he can't pronounce the name of the town and everyone yells stupid. at him 
and he's introduced as this like snake oil salesman, and the whole town knows that he's inept. Like they even set up like nets well, because they he's know he's been there crash. before. He's right. been there before. So he he's crashes back. his little carriage every time apparently so they even have like this whole thing set up where he hits a bumper he flies off the carriage and then goes into a net because he's done it enough times that they know that he's gonna do it apparently and he starts singing this song about all of his potions and lotions and whatnot and his like goon dresses up in different outfits to trick the town (laughs) into thinking his shit's like legit they fall for whatever but he has throughout the movie people are coming to seeing him and when the goon goes to tell Dr. Terminus that the, the dragon is actually real, he has, there's like this saw like thing, like from the movie Saw, where he has like these like gizmos in this guy's mouth. He's like <laughs> going to be a dentist. Well, and then he's like, yeah, oh, the dragon's down here. I'm going to go see the dragon. And so the guy leaves. He's like, hey, don't move your mouth or the clamp will disengage the spring and it'll rip your jaw off and a spring will shoot out the back of your mouth. And I was like, that's almost verbatim a line in this movie. Like, yeah, talking about how this mechanism is going to rip a guy's jaw off and shoot a bolt through the back of his head. Yeah. You know, if I wanted to watch this much fucked up shit with uh, with a lighthouse, I would have just watched The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a super weird movie. And he has this whole song about if the dragon's real and he gets it, how he can, you know, cut off the wings and the horns for this and this. Yeah. But essentially, it's like, you know, Arrested Development's joke and The Office has a joke about this with Gabe where it's just like, ultimately, humans want to kill all these exotic creatures to grind them up into powder so we can get better boners. <laughs> Which feels very South Parky. Um, that's what he was doing. He, yeah, no, he I think... about vitality. I think another, another positive for this movie, even though I don't, for me personally, I don't feel like it was... Uh, executed super well but you know it's also a uh, however many year old movie 40 years or something Um, it's a pretty like it's a pretty on the nose uh, dis uh, condemnation of capitalism and I think I thought that was cool yeah the the message of this movie is something like um, there are things in the world that are more important than money like yep. imagination and innocence. Yeah. And that's fair. And it's, you know, it's funny to say that about this movie because the new movie really hammers that home, but does right. it in such a more organic, like beautiful way. I agree. Um, so, but that, that's something I did like about this movie is that I, I, there were it, redeeming things about this. Like it was a fucked up dated movie, but I do agree that there were <laughs> things that redeemed it. Yeah. It like very clearly is, is telling us to, not value the dollar as much as a child's imagination or innocence. Yeah. So uh, cool. The only other thing I had was like, I, I did like the part where they did like an animatronic thing when they caught him, even though yeah. the scale yeah, was yeah, way yeah. off compared to the animated <laughs> one. Like, no, it was I, I way bigger too, as an cool. animatronic. Yeah. It was pretty, uh, the, again, the special effects and the animation are like pretty well done. Yeah. I thought that part was really cool. Cause it's clearly it was if, on a rig that spins and it like bucked and the head moved and everything. It was cool. I think just, those those things would be more impressive if it was, um, and I mean, this is not their fault because it came out in 1977 and it was a children's movie, but if it was shot in a more interesting way, um, like as, speaking as far as cinematography, I was trying to say cinematographically, which is <laughs> not a word, um, but it's, you know, it's all like super uh, evenly lit, it's all super bright and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So like, it doesn't come off as artsy or particularly 
interesting in that sense. And I think the the special effects and animation would have been more impressive if it were. I agree. Hey, uh, there's that scene where they're painting the lighthouse, right? Yeah. Which, by by the way, have you ever seen a lighthouse in person, Mike? Yes, I have. I've actually, that lighthouse is the one that if you go down the Pacific Coast Highway. Oh, no like shit. Around Half Moon Bay area. How funny, because you guys are I've still in Pacific, I've seen right? that lighthouse. Yeah. Okay, well, all the more to the point, you've seen the lighthouse that they're painting. It's more than a story, right? Yeah. It's taller than 10 feet. Yeah. How are they? How are they planning on painting that whole thing? Because it was just they. They had the yellow. They had the little like lifts. Like did they have thing. like they scaffolds got, yeah, and shit? Yeah. They no. They had the like you know like the thing that window cleaners are on on skyscrapers. Okay. Like the well, fuck thing, me. I just thing. launched into this whole point where they. <laughs> yeah, you idiot. Watch the fucking movie. Well, I will say that Mickey Rooney is showing him how to showing um Pete how to paint the wall. And there's a shot where Pete looks back at him and he's fucking high, dude. He's high on the fumes from the paint. <laughs> I swear to God, his eyes are rolling back in the head. And Mickey Rooney's like, now, nah, kid, what you do is paint it up and down. See? Like that. And the kid's like, whatever you say, man. I'll fucking paint it however you want. <laughs> I fucking yeah. saw that. I to your point, my they, they, had, they had like a little pulley system where, where Pappy, Lampy, whatever his name is, <laughs> played by Mickey Rooney and Grace, are pulling them up the, to the top of the, the thing. Hey, did you see Tom Waits in this movie? I mean, I saw the movie. I definitely saw that guy. I don't remember though. <laughs> it looked like no. I'm I'm joking. It looked like Tom Waits was one of the extras. Oh, got it. I, I I'm I'm done with this movie. Um, if you, uh, I, the last note that I. Oh, you know what? One other thing. Sure. I got one other Shh. fucked up thing that Doctor Terminus said. Sure. I'm sorry. I'm just going through my notes, but I made the joke that he wants to catch the dragon to make boner pills. I've said that multiple times. I I, I think you said that. it once. I said it. Sure. Uh, he does literally say it though, but, doesn't he? Dr. Terminus goes and says, hey, Pete, I want to buy your dragon. And Pete's like, yeah, he's not for sale. Like, I don't own him. And he's like, no, seriously, like, I'll, I'll buy your dragon. Like, I'll give you like five bucks for him. And <laughs> Pete's like, no, bro. And he's like, hey, I've got pills that'll make you go through puberty fast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Two, that's two years early. fucking weird. Yeah, man. That's fucking weird, dude. An adult saying like, "Hey kid, That's, if you give me your dragon, I'll make you an I'll, I'll make you an adult earlier." You know what though? I'm gonna disagree with you here. That's some 2020 woke shit, and I'm not saying that it's appropriate to say that to kids necessarily. But <laughs> I will say that in 1977, he could make the argument that he was addressing this uh, boy as an equal, and I don't know. That's all right. But he wasn't. He kept saying like, "Hey, I'm trying to manipulate this kid. Don't don't give him." I mean, anything. He's, no, like, no, hold on. You try to manipulate people that are your age too. Like that's that's not part of it. Yeah. I'm just saying, as far as the puberty thing is concerned, he's addressing him as a peer. Why am I playing devil's advocate at this? There's no good that I can come. I don't think you should because I don't think there's any way that you could say we're going to get no, endorsed by fine. Nambla. Oh. <laughs> Remake oh, rewind man. after dark. Uh, my last yeah. note is um, listening to. Oh my god, I don't even know why I wrote this. I think I was trying to say I think what I was saying was that <laughs> I'm trying to read my own chicken scratch. I think I was saying listening to uh Elliot talk, the dragon, make these like <laughs> sounds is like listening to someone sing out of tune, but it's a musical, so it's actually not a, a great analogy because they're actually singing. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna own that bad bad joke. Oh, well. I can hear the fucking silence from our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for my listeners i was just like waiting for you to finish and 
figure that's out how you were going to try to save it. Not the first time that just, I've heard that. You did it. <laughs> no, no, that's a joke. I'm a, I'm a very confident uh, lover. <laughs> what are we doing, Mike? I don't know, dude. Oh my God, what's happening right now? I wish now? you were so fucking awkward, bud. What's happening right now? <laughs> All right. Well, what did you tell me? Are we about to make we out? get into the next segment. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Before we get into the the 2016 remake, I do have to ask. Okay. What did you do? Okay. What did you do to me, bitch? So what have you been up to, bud? So I watched Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Surprisingly fun. Ah. Yeah. I I hated the trailer for it. Katrina wants to watch it, so we're going to watch it, but... I mean, we didn't get to it this weekend. Yeah, you know, it's kind of it's Will Ferrell doing if you doing don't what he does like best. any Will Ferrell movies. Yeah, like so I I loved like Talladega Nights, uh, Anchorman. Yeah. at the time I've gone back and watched them; they don't hold up. But at the time, I loved them. Um, Katrina hates pretty much every Will Ferrell movie. If she doesn't like <laughs> doesn't any other Will Ferrell me. movies, would she like this one? No. Is there any? No, no this is like this is like this is like classic Ferrell. Um, no, I kind of enjoyed it though. I also really like uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, um, she's cool. Yeah, she cool. Uh, no, it was pretty fun. It's it's a little bit too long, but it's it's interesting. And also, Pierce Brosnan is like this grizzled, angsty dude. He's him Yo, and Dan Stevens are the only reason I kind of want to watch it. I kind of want to fuck Pierce Brosnan in this movie. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to fuck him or if I want his approval, but I need something from him. Um, and Dan Stevens oh, is fantastic and should be in more stuff. Um, yeah, he's great. I've met him. Oh, he's really? A cool guy. Yeah, he seems like. Yeah, I met him. Uh, you've seen the guest, right? I have not seen oh, the guest. Well, I... I've only actually seen him in um, Beauty and the Beast, mm. uh, Legion, and I can't remember the other thing I've seen him in. You should watch the guest. But every time, every time I've seen him in something, he's. I think he's great. Yeah, the guest is, uh, you know, Terminator mixed with um, Halloween. But also neither one of those supernatural things like Dan Stevens hmm. is just this fucking force of nature in that movie. And it's, yeah, it's pretty I've cool. Heard of it. I just, yeah, yeah it's good. I think it. you'd like it. I'll put it on, it's, put it on my list. It's the same uh, director, Adam Wingard, as um, you're next. Oh, OK. Yeah. And it's cool. that like, um, you know, it's an elevated indie horror genre movie. Oh. Um, and it's got that same sort of like sensibility of turning tropes on their head and stuff anyway nice. it's pretty fun um i watched ad astra which i had been putting off for a long time and was pretty ple- pleasantly surprised with didn't blow oh good i see i heard it didn't blow my dick off but i enjoyed boring it's it's really the- slow and like from our an artistic point of view that makes sense for what the movie is trying to say and do but it is also slow so i don't know but it, i i had kind of works big- thing like i had the thing with the the apes spoiled for me so i feel like do i even want to watch this oh well, that's, i hear there's like pretty cool shit with the apes yeah no that's like in the middle of the movie it's like not a big deal at all yeah uh so i've actually been able to get through a wait lot i wasn't of done shit oh jesus christ i rewatched i rewatched <laughs> the big lebowski and it's still really fucking good nice i um watched what did i watch um so we i finally got around to watching uh 13th uh, yeah, I really wanted to watch it a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, and honestly, there's not a ton in there that I hadn't seen or heard before, and I've been making a lot of those same arguments. But just seeing them back to back to back to back yeah. with all the different people who have been experienced, you know, afflicted by things, and all these experts, and just showing 
how our system our system is fundamentally broken step by step. Like even though I none of this was really all that new to me, it was still daunting sitting there for yeah. the hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was, just being like, our country's broken. Yeah, it, it, like that was rough. Um, it was definitely worth watching though. Um, uh, I finished Last of Us Part Two. Mm, nice. Uh, I've been hearing nothing but good things. It it's. I agree with people that the ending isn't great, but not because of the reason that like all the bigots online are saying like a lot of the big, there's just a lot of bigoted people because they're, you know, well, some of it I can't say because there are spoilers with it, but there are a lot of people who are just bigots who didn't like the ending. The reason I didn't like the ending was it felt very much like return of the King that there were like 15 endings. It's like you get a cut scene. You're like, okay, cool. That was great. What a great ending. And then it would, change locations and then you'd get another ending and then it would do it again and another ending yeah. and then another ending. And then there were like those pseudo playable cutscenes where it's just like a character talking and you're just walking around with the character who's talking. And then randomly you get a play for another hour. Like <laughs> the game like starts again. You're like, Oh, there's another chapter, but it's a really short chapter. And then you get it again where it ends again and then again and then again. So it ends up like, there's like 15 endings. So there's a lot of, ending, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was, but overall, it's still an amazing game. One of the greatest games I've ever played. Like, it is daunting physically and emotionally. Just, it is draining. Um, what else? God, I, I know I, uh, we watched Hamilton just like everybody else in America. I, haven't, I mean, um, I, I saw it live. No big deal. Um, oh. I didn't see the original cast, but I saw it in L.A. and it was fantastic. But I haven't watched the um, the new Disney Plus one yet. I, it's it's I'm good. Excited. I was really pr- impressed with Leslie Odom Jr. Um, as Aaron Burr. I think by far he's the, the best performance vocally hmm. and then uh, i think his name is david diggs he played uh, thomas jefferson and lafayette yeah i he was fucking fantastic i'm so excited to see this version of it to see him he was have you seen blind spotting yeah, he was uh yeah 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 he's fantastic yeah he's fucking incredible he's so good and he's so charismatic like he's so fucking charismatic in hamilton yeah it's absurd he's in uh, uncut um, gems as well i haven't seen that that's on our list We're probably oh no wait he's not in this I, week i'm sorry he's not one of us then He's in something else uh, that I was trying to think that I'm thinking of. But uh, yeah, it was really good. He's great. We also watched. God, I, I finished some series. We've been watching The Good Place. We got caught up with what you can watch illegally. Um, <laughs> Katrina's been watching that. Just buy the last um, season, dude. I'm thinking about it, but I it's like 25 bucks, and I'm like, or we can just wait. 25 bu- September. I don't know. Is it that much? Yeah, dude. Wait, how did it's I? It's like 25 bucks. I saw the last season. I don't remember how I saw it now. So the. Last five episodes you can watch on like Netflix and Hulu, but the first like seven are gone. You have to like find them for, through other means. Well, but then you could just whatever. buy them on Apple TV for a dollar each, right? They're two dollars each. Oh, two dollars. Like, or so it's like, or if you buy the whole episode, the whole series, and you get like a dollar off. So, well, whatever. I think you should probably. I can't remember the other stuff that I watched. I had a lot of stuff that I was able to get through um, over the last couple of weeks because Katrina's been having her class and. She's very active in SAG, so she's been really busy because they have the um, contracts going up for vote this in right. the next few weeks. So to be Diggs was in Velvet Buzzsaw, right, by the way. Oh, that movie was weird. I, it was, it was weird. Not as good as I wanted it. To yeah, be. I had high hopes. I thought for it. it looked amazing, and it was kind of eh. Yeah, I can't remember what else I watched. I watched a ton of shit. Um, oh, I started watching this show called Ultimate Tag. Uh, <laughs> it's on Hulu. It's on. on Isn't Fox, there like um. Isn't there like a wrestler or something that hosts it? Yeah, it's like it's like American Gladiators kind of. What's but what's like the big the tag? What's the big name that's attached to it though? 
there's uh it's like three i can't remember um i'm not a football guy but it's like th- the like three brothers okay. who are all football stars are like the hosts and uh, but it's it's fun. It's a stupid show, but it's really fun. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good. I think we should get back into it and talk about the 2016 Urban's Dragon. Yeah, man. Let's talk about this Urban Dragon. Um, Go ahead and pitch it to me, bud. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so this is basically a village prequel. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. Alternatively, uh, this is uh, Baby Tarzan. And um, yep. <laughs> So in this movie, uh, this young boy is in a car wreck with his parents and his parents pass away. And the, but before they pass away, they make a point of saying that they are hundreds of miles from anybody else, uh, which probably is a bit of an exaggeration, but the kid is lost in the forest and, um, befriends this giant dog dragon beast who ends up taking care of him. And he just lives in the forest for six years. Um, until this uh, foresting tree cutting down company um, shows up from a nearby town and starts cutting into the forest and loggers, uh, loggers thank you and re- <laughs> reveals their cut that together so it makes me not sound dumb um, I'm not going to <laughs> <laughs> and yeah these loggers cut into the into the forest and reveal the boy and the dragon's presence and he uh he finds a surrogate family back with civilization and uh, he has to say goodbye to his dragon buddy um, while, you know, adapting to, to his new life. And it all happens in like two days. Yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. Like it's kind of fucked up on my part, but uh, the way the car crash happened, it's like slow motion. Yeah. It's doing like barrel rolls in the air and then the car lands upside down. They, but let me just, and, let me just say they focus on the kid the entire time. Like it's one shot of him spinning all the way around in slow motion and he's not like screaming or anything. And it was really aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing to me. It was a really good shot. It's the way I would have done that moment. And it's, yeah, it's, terrifying because you know what's happening but it's also not graphic at all and it's kind of like the way it happens like in slow motion and the kids spinning around is very like trancy and it's just like really fucking interesting for what's happening and i appreciate it a lot (laughs) and now i'm just gonna gonna shit on on this because i agree that it was beautiful i but for a split second my dark ass went man i really hope it goes like fucked up like disturbia where like the kid gets out and then like another truck fucking just, <laughs> <laughs> just destroys the car. Well, no, to that point though, I think this was because we we talked you know we did Disturbia, we talked about it obviously, and our I think our take on that was that that's a version of this horrible car crash uh, thing that we haven't really seen before. Like it was an interesting take on that where this su- extra surprising thing happened, right? And I felt like this was another version of that for a children's movie. Like they're yeah. not going to do the horrific second hit. <laughs> right. But, but for a second, but, I kind of wanted, but it. this was like, <laughs> because you're a sick motherfucker, but this was like, <laughs> this was a fucked up way to do it without showing any gore or anything particularly right. like terrifying. So I appreciate it. Right. So yeah, he ends up running into the woods and like you said, it's, it's six years later and it's, it was weird because I didn't feel like that kid looked like he was an 11 year old. I didn't think he looked like he was, six that he was supposed to be f- or five. 
Five. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was, but he was reading. So he's like reading his book at the at the in the back of the car, and it's about a puppy named Elliot, which is where the dragon gets its name. Right. I liked that. I thought that was kind of a cool way to get to it. Let me um, hold on. Let me just. But he's reading. Let me say this before we launch into it. I fucking love this movie. I liked it a lot too. It was fantastic. I, I, I generally thought it was a heartwarming film. I, I didn't. I, I'm not gonna say I loved it. But I thought it was an enjoyable movie, and it was worth watching once. I don't think I'll ever go back to it, but it was worth watching. This is something that I would probably watch with a kid, like my with a kid that yeah, I would have. I would I would watch this with a kid. I would never watch it again on my own. Um, I might even watch but, it again on my own, to be honest. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it that much. Uh, you know, but it resonated with me. It's 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 not a bad movie. It's got some good names to it, like Bryce Dallas Howard's great. Yeah, you have Robert Redford. The cast was our, surprising our, to me. The, the patron saint of remake rewind, Carl Urban, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Wes Bentley, dude, and his weird Wes facial Bentley. hair. He was very underutilized in this movie. Like when you get someone like he him, was. you either expect like a really great small performance, or just like him being in the movie. He's barely in it, and he has like no real he agency. Arguably, He's kind could of have a been weak character. Out. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no. Re- he didn't contribute to the plot at all. I thought he was going to be the bad guy when he first showed up, and I thought Carl Urban was going to be the gruff sort of anti-hero type guy see i knew he was the bad guy because when i found out i looked i was like oh what is his role and like it was just i saw an interview with him he's like yeah he's the bad guy but he's got like heart because he cares and he does care yeah like he genuinely it's a nice little turn at the end right so gen like the basic plot of this movie revolves around like you mentioned the loggers and carl urban's like the older brother but for whatever reason is not running the family business. oh is he the brother uh, the i didn't logging company. i didn't get that he was a yeah brother. they're brothers oh, interesting. yeah they're brothers um because she calls him like the the daughter Natalie calls him Uncle Gavin, right? Um, and he mentions like my uh, like Grace played by Bryce Dallas Howard gives uh, I think his name was James played by Wes Bentley a little bit of attitude for not keeping his brother in line. He's like it's my brother. I don't know what to do. Um, but essentially, the reason that this the whole thing got kicked off was Carl Urban like illegally went further into the woods than he's supposed to go, right? And like the only time you kind of see anything is like Wes Bentley's character doesn't really say anything until Grace is like, yeah, your brother shouldn't have been there. And he's like, all right, I'll talk to him. And then he's just like, look, dude, you're, you're going too gung ho. I appreciate you're trying to make us money, but the way you're going, the rate you're going, there's not going to be any trees for us to cut down in five years. And that's really the only thing he says, but he says it kind of like he's afraid of his brother when he says it. So there's no real like sense of, why the younger brother's the boss if he's right. one can't handle the brother like normally in things like that you could have made a really interesting like struggle between them like the older brother resents his younger brother because he's in charge because the dad picked him or whatever and then the younger brother has to own that but still protect his family the forest and the business and that never really comes into play and the only time where you kind of really get that brother mentality is after they're defeated the that uh, Carl Irvin plays this guy named Gavin after him and his goons go to hunt Pete the first time and they're kind of defeated. He shows up like drunk at Wes Bentley's house and is like, Hey brother, I really need your help. Like this dragon, there's a dragon and Wes Bentley's like, your dude, you're drunk, like go home kind of thing. And like this guy really wanted his brother to be part of this adventure with him going to hunt the dragon. And he's like, no, I got my family in the business to take care of go away and then at the end of it, where he's like, you know what? Fuck it. If you're going to run the business, I'm going to catch the dragon, and the dragon's my business, and I'm going to come become rich off this dragon. Yeah, so they end up taking the uh, the capitalism uh, 
Avatar. They went the King Kong route. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they went a different route with it in that sense, but there's still this like force of, um, making money off the dragon that, yeah, this, this, this movie's version of the previous movie instead of the yeah. snake oil what salesman. I, what I liked about that was like Carl Urban just had like this pie in the sky idea that him and his, his boys, we're going to somehow make money off of this. Yeah, exactly. They had no plan. Exactly. And Robert, they, uh, or I almost said Robert Meacham, um, <laughs> like the actor, but uh, Robert Redford plays Grace's father and they call him Meacham. He's like, cool, you got the dragon. What's the next step? What's your plan? And he's like, I got it. No, seriously, what's your plan? Yeah. How are you going to make money off this? I love How are you going to keep them? I love that. You have no fucking idea what you're doing. And he makes uh, such a point when uh, Clay Davis shows up, the sheriff, uh, he makes such a point to say it's mine i own it i caught it just so you know before i show it to you i own it this is mine me and my boys are the only ones that know how to handle it how to handle it yeah. and it's it's funny because he makes such a big deal about this creature belonging to him which is bullshit and then um robert redford totally calls him out he's like what are you gonna do with it you don't yeah. even know you don't know what you're doing yeah I- I thought that was great that yeah. that happened. I really like that because, you know, again, that's not really something that happens in this type of movie where they're hunting, um, you know, some mythical creature or whatever. I, I think you hit it on the head. Like, it's still an, an almost anti-capitalist film. They still set this in the past so that it you becomes have too much technology it becomes, to, to find it. It becomes more of in, an environmentalist movie with the capital, anti-capitalist thing on top of it, which yeah, perfect yeah. for me, but totally works for wait me. was this set in the um, past yeah this was supposed to be in like 1977 what yeah it takes place in the 70s what movie did i watch i don't fucking know bro right. <laughs> i didn't get that at all I thought, yeah this takes place in the 70s all right i figured it was just set in you know uh no nah, it took place in the 70s all right, all right. but uh what I, and i appreciate that because i still don't think that movies have really figured out how to use cell phones <laughs> yeah. yet because so many problems in most movies can be solved by just picking up a phone and calling someone. I, I'll tell you that. When I, you set a movie like this in the 70s, it takes away the, you know, there's no GPS, there's no satellites, like all the stuff that they would have been doing to try to find this dragon. Takes place in, they set it contemporary. Takes place in 1983. Yeah. Well, it started in 77 right, and it goes right. to 83 yeah. after that. Which is kind of a nice little, little nod. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I keep on writing movies or coming up with ideas for movies, and I'm like, I'm just going to set it like in the 90s, man, or the 80s, because I don't want to deal with cell phones. And it's just more like aesthetically pleasing to me. Yeah, it, it makes a ton of sense to do slightly period pieces because you don't have to deal with that. That was one of the really appealing things for uh, for me for that movie, It Follows, is that it doesn't necessarily take place in a specific time. Like it's in, right. it's in this alternate universe where they have um, they sort of have iPods and Kindles, but I think they don't have uh, they don't have uh, phone or cell phones. Oh, weird. Yeah, this movie is fantastic, man. Yeah, I, I honestly I don't have a ton of stuff in here. I did like like the the Mowgli kind of stuff at the beginning of the movie when he's like he comes across a bear and he's just like he doesn't give a shit that he sees a bear. He knows he has a dragon. Like you don't bring a bear fight to a dragon fight. Wait, let me say that again. You don't bring a bear to a dragon fight. Uh, and so it's like, he goes up on the bear and he's just like, Rah! and the bear just is like roaring, comes in, and then the dragon shows up and the bear's like, nope, I'm out. Like, 
I thought that was pretty cool. This movie is filled with those nice little moments where I don't, it's, you know, it's hard to even explain, but there's something really cool and appealing about this little, like 11 year old boy being brave enough to face down a bear. But then there's also like his fucking dragon friend who helped him through the most traumatic thing that a kid can go through behind him. And it's just like, it has all of these moments like that. Right. And you have these moments, like I thought it was really kind of like heartwarming and sad at the same time, because in this version, it's not like some magical entity that's there to protect children. Like it is just a dragon that is a lovable dragon. Right. And they have their shorthand, like they communicate in a combination of, howls and clicks and roars but elliot does seem to understand some language like a dog yeah but this is definitely more of an animal but there's a point when pete gets picked up and he spends the first night with uh with the family that elliot goes you know across the county looking for him and he ultimately finds him and he sees him happy with his family reading his favorite book so fucking heartbreaking dude yeah, he's like, this is sad, but this is where he belongs. And like, you see this animal recognized and then goes home. And this is the thing that I was talking about earlier, where this is the um, the update from what I liked about the first one, where this dragon is a is a mythical creature that appears to children when the when he when they need him. And in this uh, version of the movie, Elliot is pete he we don't really get a backstory on elliot but i think it's implied that elliot was you know abandoned or separated somehow from his family at some point and him and pete are the same thing and they find each other and they take care of each other for these six years in the forest well we kind of get the backstory but we don't know that it's for sure true until towards the end of the movie like the right. very end of the movie the that's what i'm saying all the dragons we don't we but don't like that get it song all on that meacham sings he goes oh they're legends of dragons that there used to be a bunch of them but they got separated and one's been in wherever this town is for you know 50 years or whatever mm-hmm. because we find out that robert redford's character saw the dragon and contemplating killing the dragon like 50 years prior but put down his gun yeah. and now has this sense of magic and is a much better, happier person. Like just being around this dragon makes you a better person. Yeah. And just to finish up our thought there at the end of the movie, um, Elliot, you know, decides to go with the the human family because he knows that that's where he belongs and stuff. And we kind of feel bad for, or, uh, sorry, Pete. And we kind of feel bad for Elliot because he just kind of goes back to the forest and he knows that's the right thing, but he's all by himself now. And then we kind of, yeah. we kind of get Pete's, happy ever after and then the very last shot of the movie is uh pete and the family going back to visit elliot again and they find him and he reappears with a family of dragons and he was reunited yeah. with the family yeah, that he had really lost sweet too. ending yeah it was well, one of the, the I, other things i started I really like i mean i didn't ball but it's a very sweet it's a very sweet movie and what i really also liked was as bad as gavin was supposed to be he clearly wanted a relationship with his family, but he was kind of a fuck up and his brother just kind of treated him like he was a fuck up. He was very human. And we, right. But then what I thought was great was when him and his boys like ambushed uh, Elliot in the woods, he goes out of his way to like get between the dragon and, and, and uh, Pete and Natalie and he's like telling his guys like, dude, there's fucking kids here. Like fucking chill. Like, wait a second. Let me get the kids out. And he goes out of his way to try to shield the kids, even to the point where he's willing to shield this Pete kid who he's never even met before. You know, he's met once before 
and everything. I thought that was pretty I, a good touch. Yeah. I, what I like about Carl Urban's character in this movie is that you don't even really know that he's the bad guy until more than halfway through the movie. Like up until um, he decides to go after Elliot, it's kind of like, you know, I imagine that Carl Urban's going to be kind of a good guy. So it's a bit of a surprise. And he's fucking human, man. Like you look at yeah. the, um, you look at the snake oil salesman terminus or whatever in the first movie and he's a monster. You yeah. know, he, he's a fucking monster in that movie. Yeah. He's a terrible person. Yeah. And in this movie, uh, Carl Urban's character sort of gets blinded by opportunity and the, uh, the, um, the prospect of making some money. And that's a wholly relatable human concept. I think probably most of us have yeah. been, um, you know, seduced for at least moments by the idea of some opportunity of, of, you know, right. Uh, taking advantage of some situation. And then, you know, I think you usually come to your senses, hopefully. And that's kind of what yeah. ends up happening here. And it's on a bigger scale. But once he realizes he, that the dragon, so he, you know, they kidnap the dragon and then Pete or uh, Elliot and then Meacham takes the dragon back to the forest. And as they're going back, um, Elliot turn, it doesn't turn on the humans. He defends Pete and, uh, the little girl and Meacham by burning the bridge that all these cops and, uh, Carl Urban's character following them on. And he inadvertently puts, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and, uh, Wes Bentley in danger. And once Carl Urban sees Elliot save the two of them, he's like, Oh, I fucked up. And I'm hoping, by the way, that after that point, he went vegan because that should be the logical extension <laughs> of that. Well, Another point to that that shows that Carl Urban deeply cares about his family overall is in that moment, he sees that the bridge is going to start to collapse. So, yeah, he runs and, like, throws all of his weight on the back of the truck. Hey, he puts himself in danger. Sec- yeah, just to get- buy them a second to try to get out. It was, you know, futile, but he still ran on a crumbling bridge that's yep. on fire with a dragon that's pissed <laughs> on top. And he still went there. And then, of course, yeah, Pete – or. <laughs> Elliot saves the day. God, it's so hard to not I, call the dragon Pete. By the way, I loved so much that they saved any indication that the dragon could breathe fire for that moment. Because yeah, it's I given was... it's given away so early on in the first movie. And that's fine because it's a musical for kids and whatever. Right. But in this movie, I was thinking about that in the first like twenty minutes. I was like, but he breathes fire. Like, when are we going to see that? And then it happens at the end. And I think there's like a gorgeous wide shot of yeah. him sitting on top of the bridge, breathing fire onto onto the bridge to defend his his family, um, Pete and everybody. And um, yeah, it was such a good. I guess that's that's Chekhov's gun, right? You know that the fire yeah. the dragon's going to breathe fire at some point, and they save it for the end. And it just like uh, you know emotionally pays off. I, I was really impressed by that. The restraint. I, I do want to say one thing. That You're happy I that they fixed the side of the dragon wings? Me too. I did. Yeah, that that is one that they were somewhat proportionate. Uh, no, so the kid looks a lot like when when he has his long hair and everything, and he's out in the jungle wearing his loincloth. Uh, he looks a lot like Feral Kid from Mad Max Two Road <laughs> Warrior. And so I was just thinking, I'm like. How awesome would that be if Feral Kid had like a fucking invisible dragon and he just like starts fucking people up in like the wasteland? And There's your movie, I was buddy. Thinking, yeah. So then I was thinking, dude, you know who would be a fucking badass 
Mad Max, fucking Carl Urban. He's more, I mean, he's from New Zealand, but he's more Australian than Tom Hardy. And don't get me wrong, like, Mad Max Fury Road was my favorite movie of 2015. And one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's a fucking fantastic movie, but I would totally watch Carl Urban as Mad Max. I would totally be cool if they recast it. Listen, in an alternate universe where Carl Urban became Mad Max and Tom Hardy was never Mad Max, fuck yeah. Super into that. With you there. But... Tom Hardy was in Mad Max Fury Road. I think he was perfect for it. And I want to see him in four more of those movies. So he's great. And I once again, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's probably my top 10 movies. I, I fucking love that movie. I saw it like eight times in theaters. Did I you watch Black and Chrome yet, by the way? I did watch it in Black and Chrome. Fuck yeah. Fucking love that movie. The thing with Mad Max is they, if you look at all four movies, it is a drastically different character in like all four or the Maybe not the Tom Hardy one as much, but they are very different. He's the man with no and name. And so what, one of the th- exactly the, one of the theories out there is that he is a a folk hero, and people heard about the events of the first movie, how he went and took out the gang, uh, Toe Cutter, and that over time the wasteland. Anytime there's a random person who did some good deed. They attribute it to Mad Max. So I kind of would almost like like an anthology series of Mad Max movies where each that would be actually a fucking great idea for like a TV show, like an anthology series. Every episode, Max is played by somebody else. And it's in a slightly different environment because the first Mad Max movie is barely like there's a functioning society and they're not in the, the uh, they're not out in the wasteland. But then you jump to road warrior and it is like completely just fucking post-apocalyptic nightmare kind of thing and then you get thunderdome which is drastically different i enjoy thunderdome but i think it would be really cool to have like some sort of anthology film or series where every every episode you have a different max i like that idea in theory but i like the idea of tom hardy doing more mad max movies uh way more i i will take either I'd be I think, happy with both. Yeah, I think we. I think I like that i uh, an anthology idea as sort of an animatrix thing. But we're talking about oh, that could be cool too. I mean, now we're talking about Mad Max as a property, and your initial point was Carl Urban is Mad Max, so we're kind of yeah. getting off the rails. But yeah, I mean, I think in an alternate universe, I think Carl Urban would be very interesting as Mad Max. Yeah, um, I mean, he's. I guess he's older than Tom Hardy. I'm kind of guessing. I'm pretty sure he is. Oh yeah, he definitely is. But also, I think Mad Max can be pretty old. So old, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't mind seeing like two more Hardy Mad Maxes and then seeing some Carl Urban Mad Maxes. But, but I, I, I don't think, think George Miller's going to be directing them for that much no, longer. I think Dread is like peak Carl Urban. Okay, just imagine like Ur- Dread era Urban as Max. That'd be tight. Here, here's my next question. Let's say we get two more Mad Maxes from George Miller. Forget about mm-hmm. who's playing Mad Max. We're talking about George Miller now. Who do you pick to do a soft reboot of Mad Max in the director's chair? So that's so hard. I almost want to go uh, like Justin Lin, who did the three mm. best uh, uh, Fast and Furious movies. I hear you, but also no. It, and the only reason I too, say too yes polished, to dude. him is he he's very good at the action pieces and he did a really good job with uh Star Trek Beyond. I thought he was great for that one. Like yeah, I but those really are like, like these are like very polished polished movies. They are. And I think that would be the only thing is he'd have to figure out how to do that. 
if he can make it look a little bit more grizzled and gritty. But I think from an action standpoint, he, he would be able to nail the action. The other person I think would be interesting and I think would be willing to take his ego aside to learn how to do it right would be like Edgar Wright. Oh, I mean, listen, I'm Edgar Wright's one of my favorite directors. I don't need to see him do Mad Max. I don't know that I have the right answer here. I'm sh- I'm sure he would do... I like everything Edgar Wright does. So I'm sure he would do it. Yeah, he, he is my favorite. Right? It's him and Nolan are my top two. And then Spielberg. See, I'd almost be more interested in a Nolan Mad Max. Although I think that also would be kind of like pretentious and weird, which is fine because I love Nolan movies, but like not for Mad Max. The first thing that came to my mind was Gareth Evans, who did The Raid and Rogue One. And then also, uh, I don't even know that this is, I don't know that I can back this up, but, uh, and I'm going to fuck up his name, uh, Timo Tejanto. Um, did a segment uh, he did the you said vhs2 i have not seen that okay he did one of the segments in that i uh, think he'd be interesting too i don't know man maybe bong jun ho oh shit that'd be interesting i feel like we're picking at guys who are like on the fringe of what would actually be the best director for it though i don't know man uh and just i i don't think i think you're mixing people because gareth edwards didn't do the raid that's gareth something else oh gareth, gareth evans. edwards did godzilla yeah sorry gareth evans is who i'm at yeah but i do think gareth gareth edwards would be interesting like i i didn't love that godzilla movie but it was you know this he's really good at scope it's same thing with rogue one like the death star never looked so massive the walkers never looked so massive he's good with scope i'm definitely talking about gareth evans sorry who did a uh, raid and raid yeah. two got it I'm drunk and I'm. They're both named Gareth, so I'm not going to apologize. For that. <laughs> uh, that could be interesting. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, it is such a unique thing, and having one person do it feels like it's going to be. I mean, it's gonna as if it's actually going to happen. It feels Alfonso like also Corone. No, really, dude. Like, yeah, uh, for yeah, huge like that, action that, movies. Look at the ending of um um, child uh, children of men. Mm. That long take action scene, like that is a fucking great scene. He did the third Harry more, Potter movie. I'm more interested in that than Justin Lin. I'll give you that. Yeah. I think that could be really interesting. I think and that. he's really into doing those really long takes. Sure. He's really good about getting the nature of what he's actually shooting. Like you get that a lot in like Roma. The most important thing to me or what I'm thinking about in, you know, in this conversation are people that are doing big practical stunts and you know obviously telling stories people that are uh delivering um stories that resonate but i want i want people that have experience with doing um lots of practical stuff that's why right. uh, gareth came to mind jj abrams <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> i was gonna say speaking of star wars i think this might be a um a series of movies where once um George Miller steps down. If they keep on doing these movies, maybe we get a different director for each movie. Yeah. Like Mad Max feels like it would go the James Bond route after George Miller has, has had his time. You know, we'll get a new director for each one or maybe a couple movies from one director. But yeah, yeah. Get it going, set the tone and then let it go. Yeah. Cause I mean, like you said, I think each one is. I mean, each Mad Max movie is its own thing. None of them really connect to each other, except for the fact that Mel Gibson played Mad Max in the first three. They don't right. really connect to each other. Um, and I think you can make a great case for making him a folk hero where 
maybe the movies that have the same actor connect to each other the same way that James Bond do, but then they just kind of reset without addressing it after that. Right. I think that's an interesting way to, yeah, I think that's an interesting way to um, address that character. But at the same time, you know, we had these three movies in the eighties or whatever. And now we had Mad Max, which is now five years old. Who knows if when we're going to get the next one? I know they. Yeah, well, and the next one's supposed annou- to be more geared, a, a young Furiosa. Yeah, so like, who even knows, man? Like Tom Hardy might not yeah. even really get a, a solid crack at this. Right. Yeah, I agree. So I think we need to wrap it up before we're, and I, I think we'll just have to shotgun the news once we get to that. But uh, I think we both kind of said it already. This remake was a worthy remake like it did a lot different took some big swings and it's in a, a very enjoyable film but still has the spirit of the original i think this was as good of a remake as good of a, as good as you can possibly hope for a remake of a movie to to possibly be yeah, i thought it was I, fantastic i think, I think it yeah it, i think it built on everything that the uh that the previous movie established and made it better and made it yeah, resonate I agree. in a more real 100. way. Yeah, I agree 100%. I I fully was... expected to go into this episode bashing the shit out of both <laughs> movies. And I found something. Now, the first movie is just, the only reason it's bad is that it's not bad. It's just old and dated and seems problematic They just didn't, when you like, look at it with today's lenses. Yeah, I mean, the old movie is fine for what it is. It just was not aiming for anything. Right. It just wanted to be like a fun kids movie with a dragon. And this yeah. movie was like, no, 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 no. We're going to tell a story and we're going to fucking pull at your heartstrings and we're going to make it gorgeous. And that's what we're doing. They, yeah, they I agree. took a big swing and they, I think they've knocked it out of the park. And I love all the, f- the fact that it was like in the forest so often. Like yeah. I fucking love the forest. Like I, I would love to have a cabin and just go live off. Yeah. nature for you know a few weeks at a time and the design so. of the dragon is fantastic the um the the special effects the cg are incredible i think one of the most um emotional moments in this movie and spoiler if you ha- if you haven't seen it yet skip ahead 15 seconds one of the most emotional movements in the moments in this movie is when um pete and elliot are, re- are reconnected towards the end and pete runs into elliot's arms and elliot hugs him it's a fucking CG yeah. dragon, dude. Like it yeah. shouldn't be able to elicit that much emotion from me, and it did. Well, it just, and that's a testament to how. Too. And that's a it's a like, testament to how well the uh, the relationships and the dynamics are handled by the director David Lowry. I agree. Like there wasn't a moment where the dragon was on screen with a human that I didn't believe that it was there. Yeah. Like when they were playing, they they did a great job with the physics of things. Like things would move as he walks around. And then, like when he, they were at the beginning of the movie, they were playing in the little river, and you just see the water flying up as he, as the dragon's running around, and you see the water splash when he falls. It was just so well done, and it felt, it felt real. Like this is the big thing that we we talked about in Sonic. Like I never felt like Sonic was a creature that was living in that space. Right. I never believed Sonic was there. And this is a movie. But that's... I totally believed that the dragon was there in this. And this is a movie that's ostensibly aimed at the same audience, and exactly just like completely outclasses sonic there's a moment in what you're talking about uh where they're playing at the river where um elliot chases his own tail and yeah like i know that's the thing that like a bunch of dogs do and it's not like super crazy but my cat does that and i was like oh my god it's just like my cat like it totally worked yeah you know it's such a simple little thing i I feel the same way i felt way more attached to this so you know i i think this was 
exactly what a remake should be. It did. It hit all the right notes, but it wasn't just a retread. I think I'll go so far as to say if if uh, this pandemic, you know, doesn't kill all of us and I have a kid at some point, I'm going to show them this. I'm not going to bother showing them the original. Yeah. No, I feel you on that. I want it. Yeah. Because God forbid they like the original better and you have to watch that one over and over and over again. I mean, God forbid, whatever. They're not going to because it's not as good. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into the news really quick. Maybe I will. All right. Really quick. I'm just going to shotgun the news. Some of this stuff is is rumors, so there's not going to be a lot to be said on it. The first one is apparently they're going to reboot Twister and they're getting uh, the reboot the reboot king uh joseph uh kaczynski who did um he did oblivion with tom cruise but he also did uh tron uh legacy cool so he's gonna be doing that i mean uh, but that's really all the details we have like they're it's calling it a reboot but what does that mean a reboot uh, of Margo, what the franchise of twister right <laughs> of one movie uh margot robbie is uh rumored to be the lead in cool. the uh, pirates of the caribbean reboot oh yeah i'm in cool put her in twister yeah, too Put her in anything. I'll, I fucking love Margot. Yeah. Um, I think she's great. Uh, and then the last one, this is like super rumor. It came out of nowhere. Uh, no studio, no real tabloids picked this up. But like a random person on like Twitter or Instagram just put this thing together. And it had uh, Anne Hathaway, Kate Hudson, Robert Downey Jr., and Lady Gaga. And apparently this person has inside information that they are making a Death Becomes Her remake Fuck yeah. With that cast. And Kate Hudson will be playing the the Goldie Hawn role. Fuck yeah. I, I Honestly, I'd be a little surprised. Like, I know <clears throat> excuse me, Robert Zemeckis keeps the rights to most of his films, and he doesn't like remakes and reboots. So let me let me be that clear. That honestly surprises me. Death Becomes Her does not need to be remade. I'm also, no, I'm doesn't. also super into it. Yeah. It doesn't need it, but I'll watch it. Yeah, that's... You know, if that's Anne one of the Hathaway and Kate Hudson are in it. I'll fucking watch it because I I love both of them. We sort of talked about this before, where it's very case by case, where it feels like remakes, where properties should or shouldn't be remade, where something like Ghostbusters feels like, eh, I don't know that it needs to happen. Um, what was the other one that we were talking? Uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future definitely does not feel like it needs to happen. Uh, Death becomes her. I think doesn't need to happen, but I also think that you can do it and it'll, you know, you could probably do a good version of it. So I'm, I'm yeah. pretty open to it. Well, it's, it's also not an iconic movie. Like it's a good movie. People know about it, yeah, but it's not right, something that everybody had seen where they should back do, to the future is iconic. They should do death becomes her where it's two men and one woman. Oh shit. Gender flop that shit. Yeah, man. I'm super. Uh. in. <laughs> Well, I, that, that's all the news. So if yep. you want to wrap up the episode, tell our listeners where they can find you on the social medias. Yeah, I am on Instagram at uh, Dyslexic. I'm selling some uh, some cool shirts there if you want to check them out. Uh, I'm on the Twitters, just sort of saying nonsense into the fucking ether over there. Um, at Polishi, which is my last name, P-U-L-I-S-C-I. And uh, I'm on Letterboxd. If you have that, if you don't, I suggest you download it. It's a cool way to track all of the movies that you're watching. Hey, Letterboxd, endorse us. My name there is at Polishi as well. Yeah, and if you want to check out anything that's podcast-related, check out uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at MDX Pods. Uh, normally, we plug our Patreon, but uh, last week we mentioned you should, if you have any spare change, uh, 
donate to all the various protests going out there, the Black Lives Matters movements, uh, the grassroots law and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just if you have anything that you can spare, like help help some people out because yeah. uh, we're we're in a revolution right now. And if you don't think that Black Lives Matter, stop fucking listening to us. Yep, I'm totally cool with that. Word. I endorse. Polishi does speak for the podcast when he made that that proclamation. Also, wear a mask. Wear a fucking mask. Yeah. Doctors do 12-hour surgeries wearing masks. Get I'm breathing in my own yourself. carbon dioxide and I can't fucking I can't breathe. It's worse for you than actually wearing no, a mask. No, it's not. Oh. It's not. There's Fuck no off. no science to back that off. Just fuck it. Just fuck yourselves and wear the goddamn mask. Yeah, and stop listening to the idiots. podcast. Yeah, and for those of you guys who are wearing masks, thank, thank you. you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys. Keep fighting. Uh, but yeah, stuff. that's the episode. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>